0: Hi, I'm Jordan,
1: and I'm Kit.
0: Welcome to Starry Time, where stars plus lines
1: equal stories.
0: Today, we'll be continuing our exploration of the constellation Cassiopeia.
1: Cassiopeia was a queen in Greek mythology, as we'll discuss in great detail today. But other cultures associated this constellation and this part of the night sky with other images and stories.
0: Absolutely. And there seemed to be a lot of different associations. For example, in Chinese astronomy, the stars of Cassiopeia are spread across three different constellations, which include the purple forbidden enclosure, the black tortoise of the north, and the white tiger of the west.
1: Mm-hmm. And in ancient Babylonian astronomy, uh, Cassiopeia was part of the constellation the stag along with the constellation Andromeda.
0: Oh, we're not getting to
1: Andromeda yet. So the Stad constellation, according to Gavin White's uh, Babylonian Star Lore book, which I I reference quite often, is something of a mystery with not a lot of surviving information. Um, So White suggests that it might be related to an Arabian tradition or story.
0: Yeah, and this idea of the W asterism as an antler creature is also found in other traditions from Northwestern Europe and Siberia that have seen this constellation as an elk or a reindeer.
1: Mm-hmm. And in Norse mythology, it's been suggested that this constellation was Rhettatesker, which was a trickster squirrel with horns who liked to mess with the other deities um which i had not i had not heard of the trickster squirrel mm. before but i was very intrigued and really there were a lot of other mythologies and histories of this constellation there's a really great summary on jody vocler's website and so i'll post that in our show notes on our website sorrytimepodcast.com and on our socials for folks who want to deep dive into the many other stories about this constellation
0: well, I don't want to gloss over how well you just pronounced Ratataskor, the trickster squirrel. <laughs> want to give you credit for that. Thank Excellent you. work. Thank in you. Season I practiced. Two, you've shown a lot of, <laughs> a lot of growth already. Cassiopeia was the queen of Ethiopia, which in the ancient world was in the upper Nile region of ancient Sudan. And I just want to note that this Ethiopia is spelled like the modern Ethiopia, but with an A at the beginning. And I'm not sure if that should change its pronunciation or not.
1: We do hear about Ethiopia and other Greco-Roman stories, including the Iliad and the Odyssey. In the Iliad, we're told that Zeus and company are visiting the land of the Ethiopians. And in the Odyssey, Poseidon is said to be away in Ethiopia, perhaps during the coming story. And thus, uh, Poseidon is too distracted to care about Odysseus in that particular moment.
0: Poseidon turns out not the hardest guy to distract. But anyways, Queen Cassiopeia. Let's talk about her for a while. She's mm. living her life here in Ethiopia. She's married to King Cepheus, who's going to be the subject of next month's constellation of the month. And they have a daughter, mm. Andromeda, who we'll get to dot dot, dot eventually.
1: And all of these stories are interconnected. Um, So these three constellations, the story is all interconnected. And so we're kind of going to be breaking up the stories and focusing on different parts as we move through this set of constellations.
0: All right. So Queen Cassiopeia, she may have been a nymph. She may have been just a regular mortal woman. Anyways, in the myth, she is seen brushing her hair and she's just kind of really digging the way she looks. And as she's brushing her hair and feeling herself, she claims, we're not sure to who, but she claims that she is even more beautiful than the Nereids.
1: The Nereids are sea nymphs and Nereid is also a moon of Neptune. Um, But the Nereids are said to be the daughters of Nereus, who's sort of a primordial ocean god, um, is the father and their mother is the ocean nymph Doris.
0: The ocean nymph? Doris.
1: So Doris and Nereus had 50 daughters, five, zero daughters. All of them are Nereids.
0: Busy, 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 busy. So Doris, she's she's prolific.
1: Yeah, they're very busy. Um, probably the most famous of these Nereids is Thetis, the mother of Achilles, but Poseidon's wife is also a um, a Nereid, and we're going to do a Nereids asterism talking about the mythology and astronomy, um, so I don't want to say much more about them.
0: Well, I look forward to that, and listeners be on the lookout for our Nereid asterism coming soon. So basically, Cassiopeia says that she is in fact more beautiful Then all 50 of these women as a result of this boastful hubris that she's displayed the nereids become enraged and ask poseidon to punish her and in some accounts they say he floods the entire country afterwards and other accounts say that he sends a sea monster to destroy ethiopia either way destruction comes for cassiopeia and her entire family
1: hmm And there are more granular details about what happens, um, and we'll discuss those again in the next couple of episodes. Um, we'll talk about what happens to Cepheus and Andromeda, but we'll leave the story right there for now, I think.
0: The myth of Cassiopeia is often wrapped up in the stories of Perseus, who will also be discussing this season at a later date. But this means the myth itself of Cassiopeia is somewhat flat.
1: Yeah, and... Since it's serving more as a way to feature Perseus's so-called quote-unquote heroics, as opposed, it, it's not really functioning as a story about actual people.
0: Yeah, all the characters in this myth are more or less archetypes.
1: But I think the moral is probably like the most, one of the, one of the clearer ones, mm-hmm. which is basically just like, don't be vain, be wary of hubris. Like, it's basically just casting these behaviors um, and characteristics as bad. I don't, is there anything else? I don't know.
0: <laughs> nope, I think it's a pretty simple one, Kit. Not a great one either. I mean, it's possible in the case of the flood version that it's also trying to be an explanation for why floods and natural disasters occur, mm. and therefore it's just myth as response to the natural environment.
1: Yeah, so I think ultimately a pretty easy, straightforward one, but I think it's one that definitely needs a right consolation.
0: Do you wanna start with yours
1: first? Yeah, mine's pretty short, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, My first reaction and the one I just sort of like stayed with was like, what if we just made the king, the one that's vain, Mm. because vanity is so often coded as a negative trait for women, it's Mm -hmm. something that sort of reinforces this idea that like women shouldn't like themselves or how they look. And so I kind of think this myth would be better if it was about King uh, Cephas. And maybe he's like, I'm more handsome than Poseidon. And then Poseidon sends the sea monster. Mm -hmm. But then maybe the sea monster is like, you know what, Poseidon? You know, I don't really want to kill this guy because like, he's, he's probably someone's type. And we're all Mm -hmm. beautiful in our own way. And then Cetus, who's the sea monster who Mm -hmm. we haven't really talked about and has his own constellation, is just like, I'm gonna like, go on vacation. Like, I don't really (laughs) want to be part of this. And so then Poseidon and Cepheus both sort of learn that and remember, uh, that beauty is subjective and being vain is kind of pointless because you know, everybody is beautiful in their own way and everybody is somebody's type and that's, and that's what I came up with. It's also not a bad thing to like, like yourself and like how you look and be proud of yourself. And I think like so much of the time, like we have a persistent message that's like don't like yourself don't like how you look and like yeah why (laughs) let's not let's uh you know let's just like embrace how we look and uh let's not get into fights about it
0: so yeah my reconciliation does kind of tie in of course to yours a little bit and i have two versions and they're pretty different but in the first one the story that i want to tell is about a rivalry between these Mm. sea gods poseidon and Nereus. You know, Nereus mm-hmm. is supposed to be the sea god who's predated Poseidon or is primordial, mm-hmm. however you want to describe it. But anyways, in my retelling, they've known each other their whole life. And to them, mm-hmm. Cassiopeia is this imaginary ideal that they've been fighting mm-hmm. over and had a rivalry with their whole life. So mm-hmm. what gets placed on the throne here is more, you know, a projection of their desire and it's a symbol of how chained they are to their own lust, rather than Cassiopeia being a woman chained for her vanity. My hmm. other reconciliation is a little bit more insidious. In this one, okay. it, yeah, well, I like this one more, in fact. In this rec reconsola- okay, no, What a surprise. <laughs> yeah. In this reconciliation Cassiopeia and Poseidon are working together. They want mm-hmm. to destroy this kingdom, because mm-hmm. either they don't believe in Cepheus's ability to rule, <laughs> or there's a certain uh-huh. degree of corruption here. Or, mm-hmm. you know, for some reason or another, Cassiopeia and Poseidon decide like in Emperor Palpatine, Game of Thrones shit to have this <laughs> unholy alliance in order to create mm-hmm. regime change and this whole Mm -hmm. vanity claim that cassiopeia makes poseidon's in on nereus is in on and it's all kind of like this pretense to get the sea god on cassiopeia's side so in this Mm -hmm. version of the story cassiopeia is painted vain and willing to be seen as arrogant because in some sense it will save her city from some sort of decadence or corruption that Cepheus has been enabling or allowing. And in this sense, Mm. her vanity or arrogance is more altruistic. It only appears vain on the surface when you don't have the details about why she's willing to be seen this way and why she went Mm. to destroy the city.
1: Wow. I mean, I do like the idea, right? Because so many of these characters are so flat. It's interesting to think about, well, what if like, the destruction of this city is necessary in some way, mm-hmm. as you said, because of the being it? evil. Yeah, I like that idea. And I think it also like reminds us like of this way in which stories can get told that like especially ones like this where there's not there's no depth. It's like you don't really understand why people are doing what they're doing, they might have a good reason. I think when you add that layer in, it just becomes like a more interesting story with more.
0: No, it's just characters with desires and impetus and motivation. Mm-hmm. They want things. So yeah, I mean, just giving it any degree of complexity when you're dealing with stereotypes, archetypes, characters, we don't know what they want, or why they're doing what they're doing. we my goals with both of these rec
1: we have a new segment on our retcon called AI Oracle, where we ask AI, in this case, chat GPT, you know, to retcon the myth for us. So we're like, what's the myth? And um, this, this, this story, I, I just said, I would like a contemporary version of this myth, please, AI Oracle. And whoo, the long version of this because ChatGPT, GPT Oracle AI just really got rolling here yeah. on a tear. Yeah. And it was long. It was probably like a page long. It was too long. Too and long. um, and so i said okay please give me just a, a one paragraph version of this story yeah. so I'm, I'm gonna read it to you well and, sometimes, um, sometimes
0: you go to the oracle and they just won't shut up you know you're like can you just give me like <laughs> they the got synopsis. things to say like, they're you are, know, you know the fumes yeah just give me the fumes all right so what's the ai oracle <laughs> have to say all right When one paragraph or two or however few you cut it down to
1: Whew. all right we got in one paragraph <clears throat> In the digital realm, Cassiopeia, a famous influencer, <laughs> reveled in her beauty and superiority. Poseidon, the god of the online domain. Oh,
0: thanks, Jackie, unleashed,
1: <laughs> unleashed a viral sea monster mm. that re- wreaked havoc on her kingdom. Mm. To restore balance, Cassiopeia sacrificed her fame and social social media empire. (laughs) Tech savvy hero (laughs) Perseus brand new sentence
0: Tech Savvy
1: Hero Perseus (laughs) (laughs) Battling the Digital Monster and freeing Cassiopeia from her past mistakes. (laughs) There's still more. With a newfound understanding of her impact, Cassiopeia rebuilt her online presence using well now she's using her influence for positivity, (laughs) social causes and genuine connection. This contemporary retelling explores vanity, redemption, and the responsibility of digital influence in the modern age.
0: Well, A.I. Oracle, you didn't miss. I'll give you that much. (laughs) Nailed it. 10 out of 10
1: it's, no no it's so bad it it's so bad and it's it's funny because i feel like the last time we did this it was it was good i was like oh my gosh i was like wow like do we even need to write retcons anymore yeah. this one's great and then this one came along and i was like yeah yikes
0: yikes is right no this is good i don't think i'm ever pr- forget Poseidon, the god of the online domain, unleashed a viral right. sea monster. Or, you know, heck <laughs> <tech> savvy hero Perseus. <laughs> no, this is great. Tech so
1: savvy. I felt hero. the
0: same way as you did after the first one we did with the AI Oracle. Mm-hmm. I was like, should I just use this every time? Because this is better than anything that I came up with. But now we see the Oracle 2 is mm-hmm. fallible. That if humans but just a little bit of thought and effort into uh, the myths that we tell each other, Uh, we will be able to outwit, outthink the AI oracles best ways of making these myths contemporary. That brings us to the end of our episode this week. Join us next week for our pop culture segment of our exploration of this constellation, Cassiopeia.
1: This has been Kit. And Jordan. Sisters, lovers of stars and stories. And we'll see you next time. On story time.